Welcome into the Warehouse, a show which covers the Baltimore Orioles and Major League Baseball. The Warehouse is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. On Twitter. All right, welcome back to the warehouse. Been a two-month uh, hiatus. Glad to be back. Our former colleague, Dr. Loflis, is currently working with the Braves. Best to him. We're happy to have on our new uh, BSL colleague, Brad Johnson, uh, uh, joining uh, Matt Corey as always. Brad, welcome. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. We're just going to head and uh, jump in, start with you. So the NL wildcard teams, they're currently uh, San Diego, St. Louis, and San Fran. Which of those three teams do you think is uh, the biggest threat to the NL's uh, division leaders, New York, Milwaukee, and L.A.? Uh, well, so I, I was wondering how you intended this question uh, when you said it over initially. Uh, so in, in terms of, like, who has the best chance to actually take the – Division yeah, lead. I, yeah, sorry. Uh, for those listening, provided that line probably a little vague. Brad, I guess what I was going for there was uh, who you would see as the uh, biggest threat among the wild card teams for an NL pennant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. Sorry, Brad, I think you cut out there. Uh, or, or went mute. Is this better? Yep, there you are. All right, technical yeah. difficulties. All right, back on track. As I was saying, uh, Giants, uh, they're, they're so good at cobbling together players with different roles, uh, even uh, cast-off types that, that aren't really uh, – guys that other teams, other championship teams would try to use. Uh, so I think they're they're a little more clever than most teams uh, in terms of using their roster and getting the most out of every spot on it. Uh, I think that goes a long way. The Brewers do that well, too, uh, and they're going to have to fight the Cardinals probably tooth and nail the whole way through. And as for the Padres, I'm, I'm not as sold on them. They're, and we'll see what uh, Tatis looks like when he's back. But their their roster's a little less complete than the others. Matt, staying with the NL, you've got the, uh, uh, again, Mets, Dodgers, and Brewers as the division leaders, uh, particularly looking at the Mets in L.A. Not surprising, really, to see that they've separated from the pack. So as you can compare and contrast those two rosters, what uh, stands out for you? Sorry, Chris, I was really uh, choppy, and I, I I, didn't quite catch all that, but um, but I think I know what you're asking. Um Excuse me. The uh, the Mets and Dodgers are, you know, elite teams. I, I think that at least through this part of the season that that has been established, you know, they both are at the top uh, of the National League and, and of baseball offensively. Um, you know, the, the thing that stands out to me specifically about both of them is they're both being carried by the elite players on their, on their rosters, you know, for the Mets, that's Lindor, Alonzo, Nemo, and, and McNeil um, for the Dodgers. Moogie Betts is back to his, uh, you know, MVP self. Um, you know, Freddie Freeman looks like, uh, you know, uh, Freddie Freeman, which is a good thing for the Dodgers, maybe less so for the Braves. Uh, Trey Turner is having an outstanding season, both in the field and at the plate. Um, 
begs the question, who would ever trade a player like Mookie Betts? But we can we can move past that. Um, so the other thing that, that stands out to me uh, about specifically the Mets is that they actually stand to get better. You know, they haven't got any innings from Jacob deGrom, who when he's healthy is, if not the best, one of the very best starting pitchers in baseball. Um, Max Scherzer is out uh, after throwing, I think, just 30 innings on the season. Um, when he comes back, there's no real reason to expect he shouldn't be Max Scherzer. So, you know, I was thinking about this and the sort of see if you can follow this uh, this logic. Um, but the fact that they're both hurt might actually be a good thing for the Mets uh, when and if they both come back healthy. Um, the fact that they were injured will have limited their innings uh, on the season. And uh, the Mets are doing fine without them. And uh, so, you know, when it comes to postseason time, they uh, they could be fresher than uh, than they might normally had they, you know, thrown their 180, 190 or in Max Scherzer's case, 450 innings. Um, so uh, anyway, maybe that's a, uh, a a pro Mets way of looking at it. But uh, but I think that uh, it, it's going to be those two guys, those two teams, um, you know, down the down the stretch in the in the NL. Matt, let's go ahead, go ahead and jump to the AL. Uh, the Rays, Jays, and Angels are current wild card teams. Toronto's uh, been hot. I believe they've won their last seven. LA has lost their last six. Are you expecting one of Chicago, Boston, or Cleveland to finish the year leaping one of those uh, one of the current wild card teams? Um. You know, if you look at run differential, um, you know, the Red Sox should be far more, uh, you know, further up the standings than than they have uh, than they are. And and the sort of reverse for the Blue Jays, um, you know, the, the Jays really haven't hit like people expected them to this season. Um, it's partially been a, a function of some injuries they've had. But, um, you know, uh, uh, Vladdy is not, uh, you know, he's back to hitting a ton of ground balls again, uh, which really limits his his power output. Um, you know, Bichette had a had a horrific uh, start to the season. Um, I think he's come around a little bit uh, recently. Uh, so it, it's it's not totally clear to me that that the Blue Jays are really as good as their record says they are. Um, you know, the the Angels are. You know, it's so weird. I was looking, you know, in preparation for this question. And um, do you guys know who the uh, war leader on the Angels is? I mean, it's obviously it's gotta be Taylor Mike Ward, Trout right? or yeah. Shohei Otani, except it's not. It's it's Taylor Ward. Yeah. <laughs> who is Taylor Ward? Uh, he's, a, he's a 28-year-old outfielder for the, for the Angels who is hitting 300, 400, 600 and uh he he's he's been their best player which is a little bizarre um so you know i looked up uh how how he's accomplishing this and it's you know you might think oh this is fluky a 28 year old who's never had a 450 slugging percentage before is suddenly slugging 600 over two months um and you know there might be something to that uh but the actual um, mechanics of of how he's hitting the ball, uh, how hard he's hitting it, where he's hitting it, it's not unsustainable. I mean, you got to think he's probably going to cool off. Uh, a full season of this seems unlikely, but um, you know they're they're getting uh, 
they're getting a lot of production out of out of him that maybe they should be getting from Anthony Rendon. Um, so I that I just wanted to bring that up because it's so bizarre and I it's I think an under talked about point how how the Angels are accomplishing what they're doing. Um, but I guess to answer your your question, uh, I'm expecting more out of the Red Sox, um, and I don't know. I just I don't think Cleveland's really going to hit that well. So I, I would say I think the Red Sox are still there's still more more to get out of them. Brad, the AL division leaders are uh, New York, Minnesota, and Houston. What's the uh, biggest limitation of each? I think in most cases, when you ask this kind of question, the answer is going to be some version of health or uh, depth, and uh, that, that's the case. Uh, with these three clubs too, I think. Uh, Minnesota, they need to get pitchers healthy. They got, I think, 10 arms on the injured list, at least five like good above average pitchers, like starting pitchers. Um, they're not going to get all of them back even this year. I think uh, at least one or two of them are out for the season already. Uh, but some of them will come back. Hopefully they'll pitch well, and that will give them uh, some, some reinforcements. Kind of like uh, uh, what you're talking about with the uh, – the Mets, obviously, they're not a, a Jacob deGrom they're going to be getting back, but like uh, Kenta Maeda, you know, good pitcher, weighs healthy. Uh, Taylor Rogers would have looked great on that team, I'm just going to say. The, their bullpen's a little thin. Uh, let's see, what's wrong with the Yankees? Uh, catcher's a black hole. Uh, they need to do something about that. Uh, I, I kind of imagine they thought they were going to get Wilson Contreras, and it fell apart. Uh, I, that or they're just really fed up with Sanchez. Uh, I'm not... I'm not sure what happened there. I think it was uh, more the second. I think they will second. get a better catcher. I think it was more of the second. Just just getting rid of him at all costs. Yeah, the, his defensive deficiencies. I mean, the, the guys they replaced him with can't hit at all and are really good defensively. So I think that's that's where they went. Sort of the poor opposite. And that, that does add up now that you say that. It's, uh, it's a lineup that has so much power in it that you can probably – Yeah, they've, they've scored runs anyway. I mean, obviously catcher. they'd be better with an offensive catcher too, but – they're still scoring. Yeah, so they're they're also missing their their three best firemen from last year: uh, Chapman, Green, uh, Loizaga. Uh, they're all injured right now. Green's out for the year, and they're playing uh, Miguel Endure on a regular basis, uh, left field. That's kind of bad. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Astros, the the third team you mentioned, uh, their their issue is going to be depth. They're they're extremely healthy right now. I think they have four guys injured, and it's one of the lowest injury loads in the league. Uh, there's really not a lot waiting in the wings, especially on the position player side. Like they have backup arms that are you know passable, uh, but they really don't have that much on the position side. They're they're probably like a couple injuries from needing Lewis Brinson. Uh, they have him in the minors, and that, that's kind of where they're at as a team right now. Uh, I, I'm, maybe I'm missing some some random guy like Jake Myers. Uh, that uh, I mean, he's hurt right now, but maybe someone like him who comes out of nowhere, I might be missing them. Uh, Matt, so despite the introduction of the DH to the uh, NL, offense has been down throughout the majors this year. Uh, what do you attribute, attribute that to? Um, well, I think switching to a beach ball was probably a mistake. You know, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Um, you know, when you hit it with a bat, it can just pop. It just doesn't go anywhere. Anyway, no, I, I, I do think it is the, the, you know, the ball to a certain extent. Um, you know, that's been written a lot about uh, just the, 
the quality of the ball, how they're using or we're using multiple different balls, uh, basically one which flies a lot more than the other um, last season. And um, this season they've introduced humidors to, I want to say, every park. And um, I think that that has had a, uh, you know, an effect uh, <laughs> on uh, on the ball, um, on the flight of the ball, how far it goes. The, the other The other thing is, you know, the weather has been uh, up until recently, particularly cold and rainy, um, you know, around uh, baseball. And I think, well, obviously that's not the case anymore uh, over the last couple of weeks. You know, we've seen a lot of warm weather move in, but, you know, that cold weather can can definitely uh, slow down offense. And I think that's been uh, that's been a part. And uh, of course, I'm getting spammed. Forgive me. Forgive me. Um, I just get crushed with with constant people trying to talk to me about auto insurance that I don't have. Um, And and the other (laughs) thing is um, the lack of spring training. I I think that has, uh, I think that hurt hitters. Uh, You know, we we usually talk about spring training as being something that, that helps pitching. Um, You know, pitching comes around uh, in, in, it takes more time, more repetition to, to dial in pitching than it does for hitters. But I, I think that's had an effect negatively on on hitting this uh, this season. Brad, I guess uh, specifically with the ball, there does it irritate you as much as it does me that it hasn't been a <laughs> st- standardized, uh, you know, uh, uh, ball, or also that it's different than the minor leagues. I mean, uh, I- I'm enjoying the offense, particularly is down this year. It's not beer league softball at least so far. We'll see what happens as the weather warms. But a couple points there that Matt raised that fairly irritating for me what, what about you <laughs> yeah so i mean I, I've, I've done some I've, I've followed along i've done my own you know kind of side side research on this and i think it's pretty clearly almost all attributable to the humidors uh, if you look at offense at parks with new humidors and parks without uh it was the new humidor parks that had a change uh the ones that had a humidor before there was Virtually no change in the offense, a slight downtick in home runs, uh, something you could attribute to just random variation as opposed to what was obviously a pretty large effect. Uh, the other thing is offense is not down anymore. It's not been down for several weeks now. Um, whether you want to use batting average, on base percentage, slugging, home run totals, uh, wh- whatever stat you're, you're going by, they're in range of normal 2021 weeks now. Uh, so it, it looks like we're, we're back to normal. That's kind of what we expected with the humidors uh they were expected to make uh power go down when the weather's cold power go up a little bit when the weather's warm Uh, it it does seem apparent that there are different balls in place still which is annoying it's annoying to the players i'm not so sure how much the actual balls are affecting the uh the results we're seeing on field so we're two months into the season. Let's uh, get your current uh, awards or just alternate back and forth here. Uh, current MVP, you can start in the AL. And uh, Brad, you can go first there. Uh, I, there's probably like four good choices. I'm going to go with Aaron Judge and his 18 home runs right now. Matt, who you got? Yeah, it's uh, there are four good choices. Uh, Trout, Devers, Judge, and Taylor Ward. I, I think right now I'd go with Ward. He's the best offensive player in the American League, which is uh, a weird sentence to say. Yeah, it's a fun choice, if nothing yeah, else. Yeah, right. Uh, let's jump to the side, uh, and Brad again. You can go go first, sir. 
Yeah, Ale's still up for grabs. I really wanted to try to build a case for uh, Martin Perez, uh, <laughs> yeah. just just for the fun of it, uh, kind of like Ward a little bit. Uh, but I, I think if I had like an official choice, it would go to uh, Kevin Gossman or uh, Justin Verlander right now. Yeah, Kevin Gossman doesn't hurt at all. That's great. Uh, but uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, Matt about the side there. Yeah, the Gossman is, I think, the obvious and only choice in the American League. I, I don't think there's anybody close. Uh, every Oriole fan loves that. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm, Especially uh, now that he's in the same division. Right. Yeah. So. I realized I jumped over the National League MVP, so let's uh, head back there for a second. Who we got in the senior circuit? It's Mookie. Yeah, it's Mookie. Uh, it wasn't Mookie like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, Mookie's hit, he's, like, he's been going nuts for a whole month. Crazy for the last month. Yeah, his he's put a season worth of offense into a thirty day span. And Machado second. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, NL Cy Young, who you got there? Uh, Corbin Burns. Um, I think there's an argument for Joe Musgrove, but uh, but I, I personally like uh, I like the strikeouts. I'm I'm going with Burns. Yeah, it's Burns for me too. I thought that was an easy choice. All right, and how about the uh, the Roy in the uh, the American League Rookie of the Year? Um, I think there's three. Players, um, Jeremy Pena on the uh, shortstop on the Astros, uh, Joe Ryan starter for the uh, Twins, and, and Julio Rodriguez um, corner corner outfielder for for the Mariners. Right now, it's Pena. Um, if I had to put money on it, I think I'd take Rodriguez. Uh, but if you have to vote right now, I think the answer is Pena. I, I have the exact same notes. Jeremy Pena has a large lead, and I think Julio Rodriguez will catch him. Yeah. And uh, closing out the National League, who we got? Go ahead, Brad. Uh, I think it's Mackenzie Gore for now. Uh, I, I don't think it'll stay Mackenzie Gore, but as of today, that's who I'd pick. Yeah, that's exactly what I have. Um, Gore, and then uh, after that, Seiya Suzuki and Christopher Morell of the Cubs, um, second baseman, yeah. I think, for the Cubs. So we'll close with uh, some Orioles talk. So let's start with the Orioles rotation, obviously, over this period from 17 through 21. I mean, rotation hasn't just been uh, poor. It's been like otherworldly atrocious. Go back and look at the stats. So the rotation kind of being uh, near acceptable has just been uh, (laughs) uh, really enjoyable to watch if you're a fan. So despite losing means, the rotation has improved. Uh, the walls helping, maybe the offense being down early helped, uh, even if that's picking up, as Brad pointed out. Uh, Matt, you just got to look at Zimmerman allowing five home runs over the weekend to uh, Boston, and he had allowed four in his start prior to that. But overall, he's been effective. Wells has been effective. Lyle's maybe a little bit better than anticipated. Uh, Bradish had a great start versus St. Louis. He was abysmal versus Boston, but – a uh, little bit of rebound last night and basically about what you'd expect uh, otherwise. And Grayson Rodriguez, and we'll get to the injury scare last night, but he's poised to de- debut at any time. So what are your thoughts, Matt, on what you've uh, seen from the Orioles rotation this year? Yeah, I mean, I think you sort of touched on it, Chris. I think that the difference is that they are not last in the league and by a lot, right? They're they're low down. You know, it's not 
it's not good. It's not a championship caliber rotation, but they've improved a lot just to get back in the conversation. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, where the success has come uh, is, you know, in, in the bullpen. The bullpen has been, if not by, uh, you know, underlying metrics, certain by res- certainly by results, they, they've been excellent. Um, you know, and I guess we're going to talk about that in a minute. Is that accurate? Chris? Yeah, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to there. But I mean, really, I think, yes, I, I think yeah. we'll, we'll get there. But I think your your point is, is well stated there, Matt. It's just, it's it's not the rotation has been good. It's just they've been acceptable <laughs> and yeah. It's, uh, yeah. given them a, a, a given them a chance most nights, which is. Yeah. And you can win that way, you know, minimize, minimize the rotational innings, uh, you know, hit the ball well. And, uh, you know, once the, once you go to the bullpen, you shut the other team down and, you know, they're not fully there with that formula, but, but I think that's, you know, that's the one to, to follow right now until you get Grayson up and DL Hall up and, you know, whoever else uh, the, the team eventually adds. Uh, Brad Adley, uh, Rutschman, obviously he's had his debut. Uh, we, the site, uh, the warehouse previously, we had talked about expecting at least league average catcher production from him. Uh, once he ascended to the majors, do you think that's a, a reasonable uh, goal for the remainder of the year? Oh yeah. He's going to be fine. Pat's uh, like his there. He's just so steady. You know, it's, it's not like a profile that's prone to a lot of volatility. Uh, so even when he gets into slumps, he's going to find his way out of them pretty quickly. I think I, I, I see the floor as maybe like a little bit below league average. Uh, maybe he'll take his lumps as he's, he's learning on the job, but I think it's a lot likelier that we see an above average season out of him. Uh, so yeah, he's just had two quality quality months Mullins maybe he's come back to earth some uh Matt what do, what are you you know keeping on the thread of reasonable goals what's reasonable for them for the remainder of the year I don't think Hayes is this good um sorry to be a <laughs> lots of ground balls not as much heart contact as you think for the slash line he's putting up um but he's walking a lot more than he ever has and he's striking out less uh, so even without the quality of contact, I think there's a usable player there. If that continues, uh, you know, he's 26. So this is probably, you know, his prime season. This is the season to make improvements, uh, you know, and the fact that he's healthy and he's playing a lot probably helps a lot. So, um, you know, I, I, I think there's, there's something, something there. Uh, I I've been kind of low man on, on him while Chris has talked him up for years. And, and, uh, I think, uh, this season so far, Chris has been proven, right. He's, he's played, uh, he's played better than I thought he could. Um, as for Mullins, it's kind of the other way. Like I, I like Mullins maybe more than other people. Um, you know, he, he's not had the quality of contact that, uh, that he did last season. Um, there's been a lot more infield pop-ups. Um, you know, he's just not hitting the ball as hard. He's had a, a, a big problem with sliders, whereas last season he uh, was really effective against them. Um, that all said, uh, I still like him long-term. You know, I, I don't know that he's as good as he was last season, but I don't think he's this bad. And I think that, you know, with his defense, um, you know, and and uh, an uptick from what he's doing now offensively, he's still uh, you know an, 
league average to above center fielder and someone that you can that you can run out there every day and, and be happy about it. I think we had talked in the offseason, Matt, that if he regressed to being a 750 OPS hitter and was providing plus defense minus the arm, uh, and given his contract, that had plenty of value. So I yeah. still think he can reach that offense. You know, We'll see what the next few months hold for him. Uh, Brad, you know, we talked about the rotation. Uh, one of the things obviously helping the Orioles overall has been the bullpen, which has been excellent. Lopez and Bautista uh, dealing at, at the true back end, but also contributions from uh, Aiken, who's been exceptional, Tate, uh, Kreeble, uh, Perez. I mean, they, they've got a number of positive contributions kind of up and down the board. What have you seen? Who has stood out for you? I think the big guy, big guy who's standing out is uh, Batista. Uh, that's the one who looks like uh, some form of building block to me rather than a guy who's kind of playing above his head. And I hate to say this, the, the unit is not this good. <laughs> they, they will regress. And they, they are also benefiting from uh, the new park dimensions, which are going to stay. Uh, so Orioles pitchers should, in theory, be better as a long-term play. Uh, Certainly against but right-handers. going forward, I think, yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely going to help the the lefties in, in the unit. Uh, in, in any case, uh, Bautista, yeah, he's, he's been the most impressive to me in terms of, I think, long-term viability. Uh, I, I'd like to see him be a little less predictable with his pitch mix, but I, when I talked to uh, uh, Matt Blood, their uh, player development guy, earlier in the year, he was saying that uh, a big focus for him was to, uh, to attack the hitters, uh, to be more aggressive. And so I think that's what we're seeing right now is he's just saying, Here's, here are my weapons, I'm using them. And uh, as long as it's still working, it doesn't really matter if he's too predictable. Uh, with Jorge Lopez, I kind of feel like the Orioles are just crossing their fingers and hoping it holds to the trade deadline. Uh, just keep pitching well to that trade deadline. See if you can get something for him uh, that maybe is a, a future piece because he, he's not going to be sticking around too long. And uh, there, there's... A, quite a few red flags in the profile uh some some positive signs too it's really hard to anticipate where it's all going to shake out in the long term Uh, in the short term he's a hard throwing ground ball guy who uh is walking a few too many people uh so again we'll see how that shakes out Uh, they got guys like tate uh perez uh, they have incredible eras and they're fine pitchers they're guys you can use in a major league bullpen uh, they aren't world beaters like this. They're like league average relievers, probably. Yeah, as a as a bullpen, that they, they lead baseball in ground ball percentage, um, and they've they've given up 18 homers, which is kind of middle of the pack. But um, they've also thrown the second most innings, only two behind Tampa. So they've been out there. You know, Orioles bullpen pitchers have been on the mound, you know, a lot. Uh, compared to other bullpens, yeah. and so 18 homers is actually pretty good. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think, I, I think you're mostly right, Brad. I, I think that you know they're they're over their heads a little bit, but but I do think um, you know ground ball rate that stabilizes pretty quick. Um, you know if they can continue as a staff to keep the ball on the ground, that'll minimize damage. You know, so not terrible. Yeah, I think the other reason the bullpen has had a chance to be competitive this year is again that the rotation is not being a complete disaster, and it's uh, it, you know, it's helping in that respect. Uh, yeah, we'll just the, get- the, the starters are doing what they're being asked to do. Like you got Jordan Lyles, who's facing 
25, 30 batters each game. And, you know, he's, he's not an amazing pitcher or anything, but at least he's like, he's out there. He's soaking up the innings for when uh, you have other guys who are you know, scheduled for 20 batters. Let's just get a couple quick hits on a couple last topics before we leave. So Santander, he's uh, walking more this year. His uh, walk percentage, 11.7% was 5.3 last year, 6.1 for his career. Obviously, this is a guy with uh, just under uh, 1,400 career plate appearances. So, you know, you kind of expect he is what he is at that is that point. He's always kind of profiled as a guy with a low on base with plus slugging and maybe an adequate corner outfielder. What are your thoughts on what we're seeing here with the uh, increased uh, walks this year? Who are you asking? So oh, when yeah. uh, when I talked to Ben Clemens of Fangraphs earlier in the season, I, I was asking about uh, an Orioles take from him, and uh, his was that Santander would be an All Star if he started uh, working count more, walking more, and he's. I don't want to say he's actually doing it because if you look over the last month, his plate discipline was great in April. It's regressed to his normal plate discipline in May and one day of June. And this is really common. Like we see hitters come into the season with a a goal of being more uh, disciplined and they hold it through April and then it vanishes. Uh, There's, countless examples over the years. Uh, Odubel Herrera is one who sticks out to me. He had like a 13% walk rate one month of his career, and that was the end of that. Um, and that might be what we're seeing from Santander right now. Like I was saying, uh, his his swing rates on pitches outside of the zone, it's right in line with uh, his normal career rate, same within the zone uh, for the last month. Yeah, I didn't break it out over by month, but over the season, he's swinging outside the zone a lot less than he did previously. That might just be right. the April numbers propping that up. It, it, it is. The, the April numbers very much uh, stood out. They're, they're definitely an outlier in his career. Uh, sometimes players can get back to that. Uh, they realize that they got away from what their plan was and revert, but usually they just stick with what they've done their whole career. Matt, what are your current thoughts on what the Orioles should do with Mancini uh, in terms of either uh, looking to trade him at the deadline or potentially extending them or, or there has been some <laughs> thought locally maybe they'll just uh, let him walk, which seems hard to believe. I, I think they should trade him to Seattle for Julio Rodriguez. Um, that's <laughs> that's what I think they should do. Uh, no, he, he's having a you know this kind of season that we we expected, right? He's an above average hitter, not like crazy above average, but an above average hitter. Um, he's a below average fielder, and he'll be 31 next season. So I, I'm not sure we've seen anything that really changes the calculus long term on on Mancini, or, or for that matter, on the Orioles, you know, franchise. Um, I would expect that you know he won't be back in some shape or form, whether that means dealing him at the deadline or, or, or not. Um, I, you know, if there's nothing out there for them, then, uh, you know, then he probably, you know, him going somewhere else, I, I forget all the new rules. So maybe, you know, this, uh, Brad, but, uh, they might get a comp pick, um, somewhere in the, in the first 10 picks or I'm sorry, first 10 rounds of the draft. Um, if, uh, if he goes elsewhere, uh, after the season, um, and you know, maybe there's some value to having him in the, in the, 
in the clubhouse over the you know last couple months of the of the year. But um, yeah, yeah so I, I think I think there's uh, you know if there was going to be an extension, uh, I thought maybe all winter that was probably coming. It didn't happen. He wasn't traded last year at the deadline when he would have had the additional year of control. Not that he would have had, you know, been commanding that much back, but would have thought the additional control would have been uh, made him that much more valuable. Uh, he has rebounded offensively some this year. And, you know, with the NL having a DH, there's also a spot for him and some additional homes. Um, not that he would get a ton back, but there's – He's kind of intertwined with Santander with the idea that the Orioles would like to bring up uh, Stowers to probably take over right field. Um, but Santander, you still have a couple of years of control. Mancini, you do not. So even if Santander is a uh, no more than a league average, just a guy, he could be kind of the DH-ish uh, 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 guy getting some – minimal time on the corners stars taking over right and you still have that control and you could move mancini for something uh there are thoughts among some of the fan base that they would still like to see you know mancini extended obviously the dollars will not be tremendous and he could just be of some value there i guess uh there's also yeah, also the thought brad sorry there the, the last thing is with Rutschman, uh, he's not going to be able to catch every day, or you don't want to get him sometime at uh, a DH as well uh, going forward. So, uh, what are your what are your what's your take there, Brett? Yeah, it's a little bit of a hard spot for the Orioles. I, I don't really know his role in the clubhouse. I don't really know what he's asking for in an extension at the right pl- price. Yeah, sure, extend him. Uh, I don't know what that's going to be though. I don't think he's worth the qualifying offer, so there's not going to be any compensation from holding him. And uh, I'm not super optimistic about like a long-term deal working out anyway. Uh, but the, the 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 trade angle, there, there's probably not a lot there either. Uh, so like, think back to the Jorge Soler trade last year. I think that's probably a good comp for what you can expect. Uh, they got a guy named uh, Casey Kalich. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. And it's a name you might never hear again. He's a, a like an organizational arm, basically. He's got you know some upside, maybe. Uh, he's got to develop a lot uh, to make it to the majors. Um, I'm, I was looking around for suitors for, for Trey Mancini. I'm thinking that's probably the Braves, the Twins, maybe the Rays. That's, as of today, what looks like the market for Mancini would be. Uh, so it's, it's not really a situation where the Oils have a lot of leverage. They're not trading a guy who's like so valuable, so like impactful. Uh, but then again, uh, Solaire made a huge difference for the Braves down the down the stretch last year, and they may try to strike gold twice. Uh, so there might be something out there for them, but I wouldn't expect a big return. I wouldn't expect a big return, but I think I'd push back a little bit. I mean, the fact that the uh, you know that the the playoffs have been uh, expanded the way they have been, and that doesn't just mean more teams get in it it does mean that but it also means that more teams think they can get in um so you have fewer teams that are that know they're on the outside you know looking in and and so you have fewer teams who are willing maybe to trade uh you know pieces that that have value um you know and i think chris's point about the national league dh is is worth something as well i i wouldn't be shocked if they got you know 
a decent relief prospect or or a you know a a, a low A young guy with some some skills. I I don't know. I mean, I, it may not uh, may not turn out to be uh, amazing, but um, you know, he's a decent. Yeah, hitter, it'd be, it'd be interesting to watch to see if if they if they move him for something, you know, something, anything that has a some level of ceiling, uh, 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 or just ride it you know, for the rest of the year uh, if they're not interested in an extension just to see uh, to have the best roster that they can put out this year as they're trying to have some level of improvement. I, get, I mean, to me, that would be the, the thought process. If you don't move him for something, w- what are you doing other than, uh, than <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but would okay. you guys, would you guys give him three years, $40 million? Yeah, I'd probably do something like that. Uh, getting beyond that is where I'd be a little nervous. I think any kind of yeah, I think that's the, three-year limit's fine. I think that's the the right amount of years and the, the right amount of dollars, and I think that's kind of been brandied about on, on the board, something in, in that level, and that makes sense to me. Uh, you know, We've talked many times, Matt, that they can't build everything internally and they would have to go external. Right. It's also you can't have – you won't expect everybody to be, uh, you know, a, a rookie or second year uh, player, right. uh, some type of veteran presence within your. And he has been a, for whatever it matters, uh, he is a fan favorite. And obviously, what he went through with his cancer uh, that that has endeared him to the public as well. But uh, it doesn't mean that it necessarily makes sense to keep the meter. I, I guess it really depends what the Orioles consider what they want to do with Rutschman in terms of uh, DH. If they if they want him DHing with some regularity when he's not catching, and if they're not envisioning him catching 130 games, if they're envisioning him doing 110 and then DHing with 50 games, then maybe you don't want to hold a position down for uh, for a regular DH. But one thing kind of working in their favor if they do decide to extend Mancini is it's just like their their payroll state. It's they're gonna have a really hard time spending up to a normal payroll in the next three years. So if that's the term they can get Mancini on, that's yeah. Uh, even if it turns out to be a bad investment, they're gonna have plenty of money. Yeah, their sal- their salary obligations going forward are non-existent, and it's only gonna get cheaper in a number of spots where they bring in more of their own cost-controlled players for, <laughs> for for years. So they will have the opportunity to add uh, add salary pretty much anywhere they want. Uh, last last thing as we close out here, Grayson Rodriguez uh, last week, uh, last night was starting. He left the game on his uh, own uh, with a had an injury scare. Oriole Twitter was uh, losing their collective mind, uh, thinking obviously immediately going to the worst. Of, you know, this is Tommy John. We're not going to see him until twenty four or whatever. But it came out. It looks like just a uh, a lat. Uh, strain. Uh, we'll see if he misses any time. They're probably going to be uh, extremely cautious with him. Maybe he'll miss his next start, but seem to be uh, avoid anything uh, significant. So uh, that was the good news. Uh, looking forward to his ascension. Enjoyed having uh, be back here at the warehouse, having some MLB and Orioles talk. 
Come and join us at the board, BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com. Plenty of uh, uh, Orioles and MLB talk. Check out the next articles from both uh, Matt and Brad. And Brad, thanks uh, again for being part of the site and having uh, uh, joined us today. It's good stuff, and we'll try to make this uh, a little bit more regular and not go two months in between shows again. So (laughs) our thanks there. Take care, everybody.